The Unorthodox Haven will cover a wide range of topics to offer unique perspectives pushing back on conventional wisdom. We hope to inspire self-discovery over emulation. We believe you should think outside the box, regardless of what it looks or sounds like to others. Here at Unorthodox Haven, there's no right or wrong answer, just your own unique perspective. Learning, learning out here, it's not as complicated as people say it, though. Learning the what? What are you referring to? Just living out here. Like how to live out here amongst the people, it's just not hard. It's, it's not hard? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think it's hard. I think it's complicated for people. Um, if you don't do the basics. Valid. But if you lot, don't do the basics. Yeah. But what, 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 when you say basics, what do you mean? Work. Okay. Work. That's one. Work. <laughs> <laughs> That's the basic, bro. That's the basic, just work. What do you have to have? Food, clothing, mm -hmm. shelter. In that order. Yep. Food, clothing, shelter. Food, shelter, clothing. <laughs> you can be naked in the house. Food, yeah, shelter, yeah. clothing. Food, shelter, clothing. Yeah, you have to have sure. those three things. Yes. You can acquire food without working. You can take handouts. See, people, see I think a lot of people from mm -hmm. my brain mm -hmm. is that when you say, oh, you can get food without working, I'd be like, eh, I don't really see <laughs> yeah, you how you I can eat without, you know, it, but outside of asking for a handout. Right. And that's the thing. You're going you're gonna, to you're gonna, you're gonna be asking for handouts, uh, and you're probably not going to get the best of foods, and you're probably gonna, not going to get things that are very uh, uh, nourishing. Yes. You know, so you're going to get things that fill your belly. So it, are, you, are you really getting food then? Yeah, exactly. So, so you can get something to fill your stomach up, but you have to work, and you have to manage your money. Now, that is a thousand percent right. Most of us live so far outside of our means that we, we don't manage our money. Like, we'll, we'll make money. You get a paycheck. Let's say you get a guy that comes out, he makes $500 a week. Mm -hmm. And that's not a lot of money. No. But if you take that $500 a week and them after taxes, and the first thing you do is when you get paid, back it up. During the course of the week that you're working, mm -hmm. you, eat, you, go, you go out to eat for lunch. Every week, every mm -hmm. day, five days a week. That's ten dollars a day. Cause I don't know where you're going at below ten dollars a buck, man. A yeah. day. So ten dollars a day times five. That's fifty bucks on your check. That's right. four fifty. Then you're down to four fifty. Mm -hmm. That's just on eating takeout food, or fast food during the course of the week, instead of making your lunch. That's only one meal a day. That's only one meal a day. Mm -hmm. So we didn't get, we didn't do breakfast, lunch, dinner. So that's just one meal a day, normally at lunchtime at work. So you take that away. Then let's take away gas. Mm -hmm. Now you have a commute. If you have a 20, 30 minute commute, you're going to pay about 50 bucks. Depending on what kind of car you got, let's say 40, 50 bucks a week. Mm -hmm. That's 200 bucks a, uh, a month right there. Mm -hmm. So that takes you down 800 minus 50. You're, 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 you're about 750 left of your money now. Mm -hmm. So we got to pay rent. <laughs> yep. So all these bills that you have there, you have to, you have to pay your rent. Mm -hmm. Lights. Whatever household needs you need, toilet tissue, mm -hmm. what may have you. And that's if it's only you. You have a child in there, you blew the budget. Totally different. So, so, all right. So, so I feel like what you're speaking to is financial literacy, you know what I'm saying, mm -hmm. within our community. That's something that got to be taught. And, and from my perspective, it feel like we don't even have the tools. I think we're just getting the tools now to have a... A solid footing because before you think about our grandparents, mm -hmm. they had so much oppression on their back to stop them from learning and then keep them down. You know what I mean? To, to keep them in a position to where they don't know they don't know anything. You know what I mean? E even with freedom, even with freedom, we can mm -hmm. go ahead. Yeah, you can do anything like that. But if you financially illiterate, it mm -hmm. doesn't even really matter. 
if you can go ahead and get money, but you don't know how to save it or, 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 or you know what I mean, balance it out, you end up broke just like the next man that's probably making way less than you. You, know, you dig what I'm saying? The same mm-hmm. scenario you wrote, you, you laid exactly. out for me. But you hit it right there. You, t- you can take, if we don't live within our means, one thing I think our grandparents had is they knew how to save. Mm-hmm. They knew how to spend cash. Mm-hmm. So they give us credit cards. You get a credit card, like I have a thousand off free dollars. No, you don't. You got a thousand dollars given to you in advance and you're going to pay that back with interest. Mm-hmm. But even that, the credit game is how a lot of the other culture wins. Because they know how to play the game. We, like you said, we don't, we don't get the credit card. We don't understand the value of using someone else's money to better to to come up. And, and that's and I don't want to say mm-hmm. white people, but mm-hmm. other cultures have it's figured out that cultures. part of it. Right. It, again, okay. I had a lady come in one day. She had, she came in to pay her son's our retainer, mm-hmm. and she had she said she had three thousand dollars in cash mm-hmm. in her bank account, and she had. A three thousand dollar limit on her credit card. Okay. And she like she asked me how to pay it. I said, well, "How about you do this right here? You have the three thousand. You're about to pay in cash. Well, she owed, she owed two thousand in cash. Mm-hmm. I said, "You have the two thousand right here in cash. Pay this bill. Pay your son's retainer with your credit card." She's like, "Why would I have the money to pay with your credit card? Mm-hmm. And take that same two thousand that you have and pay it right back to your credit card. It's gonna raise your credit score." I said, "Now I don't believe in this. I hate credit. It's predatory." Mm-hmm. Um. It's destructive, but because we live in a world where literally some jobs won't hire you, you have a bad credit score. Yeah. If you want to go get housing, unless you have cash money to go purchase a home, mm-hmm. then more likely you're going to have to get a credit check. Yeah, you have to, you have to get in the system. So you, you, you're in a system right now where like, so much is dependent upon your credit score. Mm-hmm. So you have to learn how to utilize that system. That being said, aside from that, even if you get a good credit score, and you get the opportunity to get a credit card and all, or you get a chance to get a mortgage on the house, you still have to know how to spend your money. Exactly. Account for it. Mm-hmm. How, do you, how do you go get a paycheck? Come the end of the month, your money is gone. Yep. And you're saying, I don't know what happened. How can you not know what happened to your money? It went somewhere. Money did not come into your bank and then leave out of your bank by mm-hmm. osmosis. It went somewhere. It went somewhere. Yeah. You spend it on something. So we don't, we don't, we don't take those lessons. Yep. Back and back up again. But you still have to work to get money to have a paycheck to put money in the bank. Mm-hmm. And then being frugal. Like, I mean, really being frugal. Mm-hmm. Watching how we spend our money to where we're not enriching everyone but ourselves. We become label junkies. Mm-hmm. Now, that don't mean go buy cheap ass clothes because you buy cheap stuff, you're going to have to replace it soon. Fact. Quality merchandise at bargain prices. Shop around for the clearance sales. Mm-hmm. People have them all the time. Mm-hmm. I agree. I, the, the only the only pushback I got to that is that uh, when I was younger, mm-hmm. I I blew a lot of money. But to my defense, I didn't blow it on material things. Mm-hmm. I, I blew it on life. Like I would, you know, it was nothing for me to catch a plane over here and mm-hmm. go do this or, you know, go to this nice restaurant. Not worry about the, you know, what I mean, not worry about the bill. Mm-hmm. I just worried about listen. As long as I'm here experiencing this, mm-hmm. I'm good. So I would blow money on experiences. Now I will say that. Now I look back on it, I find so much value in that. Mm-hmm. So much value that I, I blew that. What I was not really blow the money, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? But I, I feel like I, I blew it correct, you know what I mean? And, okay. and even though I didn't, I didn't save it, I didn't put it in, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Do anything more. I could have did a lot of different things with that money. Right. Probably a lot more positive things. But mm-hmm. at the same time, I would have never had the opportunity to live or, or experience those things. And I think that that for me based on my travels, that, mm-hmm. that the value of seeing the world through different lenses mm-hmm. is really what makes us get it. You know How many I mean? countries have you been to? 
I don't even count. Wow. But I've been a, so. But me, I'm a I'm a serial traveler. So right. when I go places, I'm going to everywhere around there. Right, I want right, to see right, what's right. over here. Right. Uh, we close to a border somewhere. Right. Let's go over the border and just see what it's like over there. I don't think you blew your money. Yeah, so, but some would say that if no. I didn't save it or I didn't but do see, whatever. That's your path, though. See, my path may be to try to buy a house from here and live the so-called American dream. Mm-hmm. But your path to be, to be as cultured as you are, to know what you know, to be doing what you're doing right here now today. I mean, did you have children? No, I have children until like I did all my, most of my traveling. Oh, I so, had my so daughter since I was 26. So you weren't, you weren't neglecting your responsibilities? Nope. You were, you were single? Yep. Traveling? Mm-hmm. Your responsibilities were to yourself at that time. I I got married the first time at 19 years old. Mm-hmm. I had my first child at 20. Okay. So I wanted to be married though. Like, I didn't want to travel, mm. dude. I had been nowhere. I never left stateside, well, even what, when I was in the service. What was the What was the reason for the when you want to get married? Like what was the draw? I, wa- I watched my mom uh, be abused by my mm-hmm. sister's dad when I was small. Okay. I watched my mom eventually develop a drug habit and get get on get hooked on crack. Didn't want her boyfriends. Mm. And I, but I, I remember before she got hooked on drugs, my mom was, she was just like, she was like, let me say, she was mom and dad. Okay. My mother made sure that even when we had a little bit, our clothes, it was always clean. Yeah. We were always presentable. And mm-hmm. I was always taught to make sure I looked like someone. But I watched my mother struggle. So I would determine that if I ever had a chance, I would make sure the woman I fell in love with would never have to live and struggle like my mom mm. did. Now here, the, the backside of that was when I first got married, my ex-wife, man, she was cleaning the dishes one day, and I, I went and got a dishwasher, because I didn't like my wife. She was pregnant. I didn't want her washing dishes. Yeah. One day, she was sweeping the rug. I went and got a vacuum cleaner, yeah, so yeah. she wouldn't have to sweep the rug. Word. One day, this kind of the, broke the camera back. She was cleaning the vanity mirror, the mirror in our vanity in the master bedroom, and I, she had the Windex. I'm like, what are you doing? She's like, what? I'm like, Yo, give me that. That has, it has ammonia in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, bro, let me tell you something. I thought I was doing the right thing. No, I was pissing her off. Controlling? No, no, no I wasn't trying to control her. She mm. just, she said it stressed her because I didn't let her do what she wanted to do and I treated her like she was fragile. Mm. My defense was, I'm making sure that you don't have to go through this stuff. Like my mom didn't have all these things, the minutes I'm trying mm. to make sure that you have. Yeah, yeah. That didn't work because she was not receptive to what I was trying to give her. Mm. But I, my perspective was, I was trying to give you this thing. Like to this day, I, 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 I suffer with that to this day. Like my wife now, man. Like, dude. Like, sometimes I get in her way. Yeah, yeah. Like, I like I get in her way, man. Like, like I have to get out of her way sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Because I don't like my wife having to wash dishes. Mm. I don't like my wife having to vacuum, shampoo the carpets. I don't want my wife doing anything. Part one second. I don't want my wife doing anything that's going to stress her out or make her uh, life harder. Let me just tell this guy to call me back. Excuse me. Hello. Somebody put my name under this. Mm-hmm. An offender at a correctional facility attempted to make a collect call to this number, but the call could not be completed due to billing restrictions. If you wish to receive these, okay. Those guys know better than that. Stay working. You have to. Like you have. Like listen, man. My wife. <laughs> only time I put this thing down, man. My wife like to cut the phone off at night. That's okay. it. Yeah. So that but, then I, but then I sent it to my, my, my messaging service. Okay. Um, so yeah, so like even to this day, I get in my wife's way. Mm-hmm. Trying to be that Superman for my wife sometimes. She's like, Donnie, 
like, can you can you please sit down? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah like, yeah. like really, but I come home work exhausted, man, and I'm coming home like, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm about to cook tonight, Saint tonight. What yeah. are you about to do? I'm about to cook. I'm like, I got it. It's like, yeah. do you know how I want my beans? I'm I'm like, uh, with syrup. Well, how much put in there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see. You know what? You go ahead and cook them. <laughs> that's what she wanted me to get out yeah, of her way. For sure. Um, but that's but that's why I got married early because I wanted I was I'm a family man. Okay. I, I like to be married. I like to have a home to come home to. I like the responsibility of um, having to keep myself in check. Okay. You know, we as we as men, we can get loose with our private parts, man. Listen. We get loose with our private parts. We find ourselves in, 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 in too many things. Yeah. So I like the responsibility, the accountability. Okay. Uh, of being married. Okay. So mm-hmm. that 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 made me think of. Uh, I was just talking to uh, Lo earlier. Mm-hmm. He he went to the store. He should be back in a little while. But um. I was talking to him about his relationship with him and his father, mm-hmm. and we, we had the conversation about um, how the generation gaps or the real things that happen that, that play a part in who we are. Because he had, he had mentioned, he was like, you know, my, my dad wasn't around until a certain age. He's like, but I was good because I ain't need for nothing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I was like, well, can't say he was good if mm-hmm. you ain't have your father around. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Then I asked him, like, do you have a, a, a fatherly figure around at least? And, you know, the... The man that he mentioned is wasn't, you know what I mean, wasn't the best, the best character. Right, you know what right. I'm saying? So, and I had something like, well, it, it definitely affected you and made, you know what right. I'm saying, affected who you, are, who you are based on how you grew up. If you grew right. up seeing your mom or whoever struggle, mm-hmm. it makes you, it, it affects you. It, mm-hmm. it affects you when you get older. Same way, you know what I mean? You seeing your mom that way, it affected your decision to get married. Yes. It affected your why to, to get married and all right. that. And um, the point I'm trying to make is that a lot of us... We have these things that, that happen in our lives and we never like really take a time to like unpack them and be like, I'm like this because of this. Because mm-hmm. I think if you do that, you can open up a Pandora's box and kind of understand more about yourself and like you said, get out the other person's way. Because mm-hmm. the same thing for me, I'm, so, I'm, I'm a fixer. Yes. So, when some, when, so when someone tells me something, uh-huh. I try to give them a fix, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? But I have to realize that everybody don't want to hear a fix. That's, that's not why they, they bring in the issue to you. They might mm-hmm. just need to hear themselves say it out loud, mm-hmm. just decompress to get it out, you know what I mean? And that's all they want. They're not looking for an answer in that moment, you know what I mean? And it took a long time for me to realize that. And I would get mad at people. Yeah, me too. You know what I mean? Like, like you, you know, I would get mad because I feel like I'm trying to, look, I'm trying to help you. Yeah, like, why, yeah. why, are you, why are you tripping on me if I'm trying to uh-huh. help you, you know what I mean? And it would be a big conversation. Mm-hmm. And it took me a long time to get my head wrapped around it. It was like, yo, they don't want that. You got to, you know what I mean? Same way if, if, when I come to somebody, I'm usually really specific about what I ask them mm-hmm. based on what I want from them. You right. know what I mean? Hey, give me your opinion on this thing. Right, right. You know what I mean? Or, hey, look at this and just, you know what I mean? I'm just sending this to you. Check it out. I ain't looking for your opinion. Right. And now I'll, be, I'll, <laughs> right, I'll right. say that, you know what I mean? Just because right, right. I don't want you to give me your opinion if I ain't looking for right. it. Right. But a lot of people don't do that. A lot of people don't set them boundaries and be like, yo, I don't, I'm not looking for an answer when I tell you. This. Right, right. They just tell you. And my natural reaction would be like, well, you know, you can do this or you know, you can do that. And I get, you know what I mean? My girl and, you know what I mean? Same thing with her. Because uh-huh. she like, yo, I know I be coming in here decompressing and all that, right, right. but I'm not looking for an answer. I'm just looking to decompress. Well, we got that in comedy, bro. You know what I mean? We have that in comedy. So the, so the, the flip side of it is the thing that I, I compartmentalize it as, I was like, damn, like now I feel like I'm holding myself back. Mm-hmm. Now I feel like I got to change who I am to appease you. Like, mm-hmm. I, you know what I mean? Like, if I'm giving you negative energy, I can understand that. Right, right. But if I'm giving you positive energy or a way to 
alleviate whatever right. this thing is stressing you out, right. you shouldn't look at me like that. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's like, I, I swear it's like you just picked my life. Like you just <laughs> explained in my life right now. I'm sitting here like in all because I have the same problem, man. Yeah. With my wife, I have the same problem. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, I, have it's the, I want thing. to fix, do I want to fix whatever she, she comes home from work. Mm-hmm. My wife's sure that when she comes home, she tells me something, I, I immediately go into solution mode. Mm-hmm. So one day, so I finally asked her, so I'm like, why are you seeing with an attitude? You told me, to, you told me what's going on. I'm trying to give you a solution. Like, Donna, why, did you ever think about I don't want you to give me an answer? <laughs> so then my next question, but why did you tell me then? Mm-hmm. Why would you tell me? Like, you know, and I like to find tangible solutions. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't like to do these big dreams for tomorrow. Yep. And like, no, 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 no. What are we going to do today? Yep. <laughs> yep. If you have this problem right here, I'm not going to talk about where we're just going to pray about it. Okay, we can pray about it. Then what are we going to do about exactly. it? Exactly. I need tangible answers to things that are before us that are causing us complication. Let's find a way to resolve it. Mm-hmm. That makes me good at my job, but sometimes that makes me a bad husband. Yes. It, 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 it just anybody that you love and you interact with like that, if you do that to them and that's not what they want, mm-hmm. it could cause that, that <laughs> yeah. unnecessary tension yeah, or separation. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. So I, I go through that. Yeah. And I, I try to like unpack why am I like that? Like why why am I so, you know what I mean, answer driven? Like why do I feel like I need to figure it out? You know what I mean? And I think I think it's the only thing I can kind of tap into is that as a kid, I spent a lot of time alone. Mm-hmm. And so I had to figure things out myself. Uh-huh. Like there was nobody. My, my older brother outside, my older sister outside. Uh-huh. My mom's working two jobs. You the baby? Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm the youngest, so I'm just I'm just around by myself, and I just had to figure it out. You know what I mean? And that's how I kept myself busy figuring out, you know, how to build things, how to take things apart, how to put it back together, just to occupy my time. You know what I right. mean? And that I think that trickled over to me. Being such a problem solver, I'm like, I want to fix everything. You know what I mean? Because right. I, I go back to my childhood, I would take a, a CD player, it would stop working. Mm-hmm. And I would do everything I could do to take it apart and mm-hmm. look at every single part and try to figure out what's wrong with it or where's the error going wrong and then try to right. put it back together and right. try to see if it worked. And I got excitement out of that. Right. And I think that trickled over until how I am tonight. I'm just so task oriented. You tell me something, right. I try to give you an answer. Or how can we fix it? Or what, we, what can we do? What mm-hmm. tangible things can we do right. to fix this? Or, you know what I mean? So we can rid this, this issue. You know what I mean? Because stress is a killer. I, I, I compartmentalize in my head like, this is why I'm doing this. Uh-huh. Stress will kill you. So we got to figure out how to handle the stress. <laughs> and I'm just here to help you. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm just here to help you. But, you know. But what happens when you run into someone like you? Like when you go to someone and you say, look, man, this is what's going on. And you just, you just turn to, uh, uh, but you said you're very specific when you ask questions. Mm-hmm. But what about those time when you just kind of like like talk to you guys about like something that's I think I give in more. Me personally I give in because I I, I immediately think that whatever you're telling me it might be some value to it. Okay. Know I mean let, let me hear what you gotta say first. Okay. Let me let, let me I'm gonna let you get your shit off and then whenever okay. you whatever you whatever you finish I might be like ah yeah you know what I mean yeah, I, yeah, I, I just yeah. chuck it away and just keep on my thought process. Me I'm not that kind of person to get offended or get mm-hmm. like put off, you know what I mean, when right. someone tries to give me advice. Right. You know what I mean? I just listen to them and if it's trash, I might tell you like, right. I'm not going to do that. You know what yeah. I mean? We can, we can have a conversation <laughs> about thing. it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we can have a conversation about right, it, but right. it doesn't offend me. But other people it does. So, you know, I don't know. I just take it for what it, what it is. My thing is, I don't let everybody speak into my life. I'm like, everyone, I don't care like who you are. Like, if you heard about a situation I'm going through and you come to me and I have, you can't, like, bro, we're not having that conversation. Yeah, you, you don't know all the tell you, like, nah, yeah. nah, like, nah, I'm good. Mm-hmm. See, yeah. but do you think that's a they think that's a flaw? Do you think that's a no? Do you think they might? What if they got some good info, good good it's, advice? It's a, it's a it's a value system. Hmm. We we 
how we perceive someone determine what we will receive from them. If I see someone as being unworthy of talking about into my life about anything, mm-hmm. we're not having a discussion about nothing in my life. Okay. Because I that means that there's something about you that 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 I don't value enough to because I don't want something to say to be so crazy as hell that it sticks in my head. Mm. And one day I remember that, wait a minute, I don't remember I heard such and such and such, but I don't remember where it came from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. Like in Islam is like that. Like we have to be very careful who we take from. The first thing you put to ask somebody in the deen of Islam is, who do you take from? Where did you get that from? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because if you look at if you look at all the various religions, things like in Islam, it has to be traced back to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. He said it. He said it. He, it there must be an unbroken chain of narrations, and no one in that chain of narration can be known as being a liar, untruthful, deceitful, anything of that nature, mm-hmm. or the chain become it becomes unacceptable. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So why would we not be like that in our own lives? If you know that a person is known for uh, abusing women, mm-hmm. uh, defrauding women, just taking advantage of women, mm-hmm. and you're having a problem with your wife. Now, this guy might have no other flaw other than he just treats women like dirt. Mm-hmm. And you're having an issue with your wife, your woman. And everybody's sitting around and he hears about the issue, like, man, let me, let me tell you, let me tell you how to handle the situation. Yeah. Hell no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Not yeah. no. Mm-hmm. He may very well have some good information. But wrong messenger. I'm not going. I'm not going to try to filter if he if, if what he's saying is good or if it's just part of his game that he runs. Mm-hmm. So I, I would disregard him altogether, hmm. especially on that subject. Now maybe other things that he, we can talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, then there are people who they always have something good to say. They always have something edifying. It's like yo, that you seek them out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, yeah. look, can I tell you about this? Because you really, really want to hear what they say about this situation. Yeah, yeah, I got you. Those are the people we hold close to our heart. Mm-hmm. Their opinions matter. Yep. And they can admonish us about something, man. Like, and it, it can be simple, like, man, you shouldn't have done that. Yeah. We heartbroken. Mm-hmm. Like, man, man, you know, man, but I'm saying, like, like you was wrong. Mm-hmm. And they'll leave it at that right there. And we will feel as if the whole world came down upon us. Because that person that we value so much, mm-hmm. we. We perceive them as being someone who is always looking out for our best interest. Yeah, yeah. Even if it goes against what we want to do at the moment. So we value what they have to say and we take it in. Mm-hmm. So I'm 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 very I'm very, very careful about who speaks into my life. Yeah, I agree. Very um, much so. I, I I relate to it through photography. Okay. Um, I'm the same way with photography when, when I, I don't go pull inspiration, especially in the beginning for like mm-hmm. my first five, four, four, four or five years of photography. Mm-hmm. I didn't look at nobody else's work. I didn't want to be influenced by mm-hmm. anybody mm-hmm. else. Mm-hmm. I didn't want an idea pop up in my brain and I'm thinking that it's original, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but it's really because I've seen it done somewhere else. You know what I'm saying? So I, would, I wouldn't, even, yes, I wouldn't yes. consume nobody else's photography. Yes, yes, I would yes. just only look at my stuff. Yes, and yes. anything else I look visual was totally different than what I was doing. You right, know what I mean? Right. It was either some TV stuff or whatever and photo and my photos. You know what I mean? That way I could look at it and look at it and figure out different ways to crop it or different ways right. to edit it or play around right. with it and just work on my craft. I didn't want to be influenced by anybody else. Right. I want my style to be like, oh, you shoot like such and such. No, 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 no. I want my... And, and mainly it's for me. Mm-hmm. Anybody else, because anybody else can see this and be like, you probably know five photographers that take photos, something similar to that mm-hmm. or similar to this or whatever. You probably can find some similarities in all my work with somebody mm-hmm. else's. Mm-hmm. But for me, I know that this came out of my mind. Right. This came out of me just exploring the place, mm-hmm. finding something, seeing it, and then figuring out how to photograph it and capture that moment. Mm-hmm. And that's it. I know, kind of reverse role. What made you take your first picture? That you can recall. Yes. So <clears throat> I 
I moved to Charleston, South Carolina. I was in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Um, my daughter was born in North Carolina. So my daughter was, she brand new baby, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Uh, a couple months old. And then I moved to South Carolina. Had been dibbling in music and all that stuff before. Mm-hmm. I bought, I've been making beats, but I never really took it serious. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I even record people. My next door neighbor, he was mm-hmm. in the music. I learned how to record, learned that stuff. But anyway, I made a promise to myself when I moved to South Carolina, I was going to get serious about music. I'm like, I'm going to give it a real shot. Like, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Try to put myself out there. So I did. Mm-hmm. And uh, long story short, that ended up landing me a job at a studio. Mm-hmm. I was a sole engineer. I got to help design the studio, the whole mm-hmm. nine. So I landed a good little gig. Mm-hmm. Um, I was still working, still had a nine to five job, but that, I would go from there to there, boom, mm-hmm. back. And um, after I did it for a while, I was like, man, I got to come up with something to represent what I'm doing, something like branding. Mm-hmm. So I got a guy, told me about clothing and all that. I ended up finding a graphic designer, got that made. Mm-hmm. And there was a guy that always came to the studio, always had a camera. So I told him, I said, hey, bro, can you, uh, I mean, I need you to do photos and I'm going to get these shirts made, X, Y, Z. And I was like, I'm, I want to use you as my photographer all the time. I can pay you nothing. It's cool. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And uh, he was like, cool, set it up and everything. And um, he did, he came through one time with the camera, but then he, after that, just a bunch of unreliable moments, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And I'm the kind of person that if you ain't going to do it, I'm with a camera. Give me, mm-hmm. Somebody give me a camera, I'll mm-hmm. figure it out. You know what I'm saying? I'll just do it myself. Mm-hmm. And that's like what happened. I, I figured out, I, I asked, asked around, hey, how did he get a camera? How did he get all that camera equipment? Mm-hmm. Oh, you went to the art institute downtown. Mm-hmm. Rolled down there, went to the office. Hey, what I got to do to, to, to come here? And what do I get? They explained it to me. Mm-hmm. Right, let me sign up. Mm-hmm. Signed up, first day in class. They had access to all the cameras, mm-hmm. equipment and everything. Mm-hmm. Went in there and checked out a whole bunch of stuff that I didn't know how to use none of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And just figured it out. And it was really only... My goal was like, I'm going to do this for like two months. I'm going to find somebody at the school that's good at photography, and I'm going <laughs> to hire them. Right, right. And I started picking up the camera, and me turning into learning the camera, I just walked around with it everywhere. Mm-hmm. I would take pictures of walls and rocks and, mm-hmm. and whatever I could find, mm-hmm. anything. And just to go back to the home and just look at it, analyze it. Oh, I don't like how I took this, da 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 and try to figure that out. And then I fell in love with it, man. Ever any formal training? Yes, so when I went to the Art Institute, mm-hmm. so when I, when I initially went there, I knew I wanted to do photography for the branding. So right. I was like, I'm not, not, not going to go here for photography because I feel like I got the camera here. I'm going to learn a different task. So I went for video. Okay. So they started teaching me how to shoot films and lighting about film and all that stuff like that. Again, my whole intention for going there was not to do any of this. I ain't right, never been right. no creative. <laughs> right. When it comes to visuals, I ain't right. not, I, my whole goal was to find somebody else. Right, like right. Find somebody to fit this spot, and that was right. it. But... Honestly, man, the reason why I stuck with the camera, it came therapeutic for me. Because I would take it, I put my headphones in, put my music in, and I would go just play with the camera. You know what I mean? And I started learning that it gave me time to think, process my thoughts, and then I could tune the rest of the world out for an hour or two. I can just walk right, around, right. and it was just super therapeutic, so I kept doing it. Right. And then after that, the music thing slowly kind of dissolved because of some business issues. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, man, I never put the camera down. Wow. It, it still really- reminds me of mine, this upper side of the track. Like, people ask me, how did you become good at the law? First of all, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm typically, I'm okay. Um, I'm real good at some things. I'm learning some others. I'm great at some things. Mm-hmm. But I learned because it was therapeutic. Yeah. I have read thousands and thousands of case laws. Mm-hmm. You can't help but pick up something. Yeah. There aren't, many, there aren't many things you can talk to me about about the law that I don't know a case to send you to or I can go grab the case to send you mm-hmm. to. And I began to utilize it in court, you know, actually in court mm-hmm. and to start having some success. Mm-hmm. That was for myself, my own case. Mm-hmm. 
eventually I get to a point where God, like, hey man, uh, I heard that you were good with the law. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, not really, but maybe I could assist you. Yeah, yeah. Then you start assisting God, you start helping God to find answers. And mm-hmm. like, wow, okay, I, I like this. Mm-hmm. I like being the person that people come to for for, for questions. Yeah, yeah, right. with, with their questions. I like I like being I like the accountability of helping someone and then giving them the best of yourself to actually try to help them find an answer or point them in the right direction. So here, 20 odd years later, uh, I work in a law firm in Portsmouth, and I do a lot of the grunt work in the office. Mm-hmm. I do a lot of the grunt. When work. you say grunt work, like what? What is that consist? I work. I work files, man. Okay. Like, no one. No one is like, hey, Donnie. I like, hey, what? Do you, what is your opinion on this legal theory or this legal issue yeah. right here? Give me a. Give me a compelling legal theory to argue right here. I'm not doing that stuff right now. Okay. Okay. Right now, I'm doing. I'm doing like the paper pushing stuff, man. Like I'm. I'm writing. I'm. I'm doing. I'm doing. I'm doing the grunt work. Okay. This, suffice to say, I do the grunt work in the office. Okay, okay. I love it. Okay. I told my boss today. No, I told him yesterday. I said, I said, you're a teacher. Mm-hmm. He told me like, don't get offended if I raise my voice at you. I said, it's all right. You're a teacher. I said, my lesson right here. I said, I don't have the luxury to be offended. Mm-hmm. I said, you're not being disrespectful. Mm-hmm. I said, and it's a small office, so it's, it's, it's it is what it is. I mm-hmm. said, but right now I'm in I'm in student mode. So I learn, I absorb like a sponge. Yeah. I have learned so much about simply putting a file together. Because in, in the system, you're not putting files together. Mm-hmm. But to put a file together piece by piece, a file has so many different moving parts to it. Mm. That what determines the outcome of a case is not what you see in the courtroom. That's like the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. It's what goes on behind the scenes in mm-hmm. the firm. So that therapy that I had when I was in prison for 20 odd years... That therapy now is is I'm, I'm I'm getting back to it because I'm able to go back and absorb again, mm. and I'm learning parts along. Like I do things now, like I offer my clients in my paralegal service. I offer my clients services that I didn't know how to do when I was on the inside. Okay, because I've been reading different things, studying. Yeah. I don't do what my boss my boss does mm. uh, in, in the firm. But parts of law that he doesn't practice, mm-hmm. I, I contract out with uh, other attorneys around the state. Okay, uh, I'm doing work down in Georgia right now uh, mm-hmm. with parole par- parole hearings, um, but it's therapeutic for me. It's still that same therapy I got when I was on inside because I, when I, I read, is it is it the learning? Is it therapeutic or is it the applying what you learned? It's both. It's both for me. I like to win. Mm. Like like I hate man. I, I hate to lose. Mm. I hate to lose when I can when I can help it. I understand. Now when it's when it's inevitable, then it's inevitable. You just yeah. it's, it's just not going to happen. But when I can win, if I apply myself, if mm-hmm. I take the time to put the hours in to study and go find that one con- controlling case law, mm-hmm. that when I give it back to the court, the court say, "Oh well, yeah, we did say that," and that does apply to this case, mm. and the law does require this outcome, and we will act in the way in which you've asked the court to act. Hmm. That right there is fulfilling. And when someone else's life is on the line, when I got somebody, mom, sister, brother, cousin, daughter, son, calling me, crying, thanking mm-hmm. me for the work that I've done on their behalf, mm-hmm. that's when the reward comes in. Dope. You know, that's when you get the tangible reward mm-hmm. right here. I like the reward. Yep. If you say, well, I do it for nothing. Oh, I, I want something out of this, man. Mm-hmm. I don't do the work I do for nothing. Yeah. yeah. I like being thanked. Mm-hmm. I like doing something so good for someone that the outcome is is favorable to them, and they say thank you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, That's not the ultimate end, ultimate. but it's 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 a blessing to be thanked versus mm-hmm. being cursed out because you did a bad job. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Know? I agree. I don't um when it comes to photography, man. I um I uh when it comes to photography, like honestly, the 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 thing that I I don't even want people to be thankful. Like, I just, I always, the thing that I care about the most when it comes to photography, mm-hmm. if the person, 
looks at whatever I produce and they ask me, you did this? Mm-hmm. Like, for me, that's that's that small thing like right there. Like, these pictures right here, like, yo, you did these? That is, Bro, that, like... That's the, that's the best thing someone can say to me mm-hmm. when they look at my photography. I think we, we don't expect so much to come from each other sometimes. Yes. As black men, mm-hmm. like, bro, we, we, we kind of expect the worst from each other. Yes, we do. We, we kind of expect shoddy work. Mm-hmm. And it's sometimes, like, I'm going to tell you what, how, how to say this right here. I, I dress on a suit and tie almost every day. I tell my wife, like, I, I joke about this, but I go to work, I dress like a model every day I go to work. <laughs> I'm clean, bro. What? When I walk into places, no one knows who I am. I go into district attorney's offices. I go to, I go to courthouses. I do this weekly. I get welcomed with, with arms wide open because people treat me how they perceive me. Mm. Here's a black man, mm-hmm. button down, suit, tie, jacket, mm-hmm. he's clean. Yep, yep, yep. That's all they see. They so they, they would expect me to come in there and bring the document that I bring in. If I were to dress in any other kind of way, I may get stopped at the door or looked at differently. Mm-hmm. So how we, how we carry ourselves, how we dress, how we present, it, it's largely determinative of how people or what people, rather what people expect from us. Yeah, I agree. Let me give an example. I have, I have a guy that's talked to today, Jason Pulley, man. This one of my, this one of my guys, man. Jason had a case out of... Um, Chester, Chester, Virginia, mm-hmm. and Dinwiddie, bank robbery cases. And Chester, he said, listen, I did it. Just give me, give me a plea bargain. I will waive my right. Mm-hmm. I will waive my right to a preliminary hearing. Give me a plea bargain for five years. They agreed. Okay. They charged him out in Dinwiddie, and they wound up, he got it, was supposed to be with him, testified against me, so I didn't do that. Mm-hmm. He's lying. He went to trial, beat it. Mm. Beat trial, jury trial came back to Chester. They said, "Yeah, we're, we're not giving the plea bargain." But he had already waived this preliminary hearing. Oh. They gave him twenty five years. That's heavy. I I, ta- I just talked to him right before I came here. Um, these are the guys that motivate me to do what I do. I have a guy named um, Lester Lester Lynch. I love this brother, man. A Christian dude. Mm-hmm. I love him. I met him, I met him through his 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 co-defendant, uh, one of my Muslim brothers, mm-hmm. um, Tariq Williams, and the brother went to trial three times for murder. You hear what I said? Three mm-hmm. times for one murder. Two hung juries. Witnesses never described this dude and put him at the scene not one time. These witnesses from trial one to to, to until the third trial. If you could have seen how their testimony changed. Your jaw would drop. And it, it breaks my heart that he's still there because he didn't do it. You can't run shit to me, bro. Like, I'll beat you down worse than the prosecutor. Yeah, yeah. My ability to take, break a case down and analyze it and call you a bald face lie of your face, mm-hmm. I'm cold hearted. Like, I'm cold when it comes to that. You're not going to make me look stupid. Yeah. I break cases down. I take, I mean, I'm telling you, I do research, man. To the, that's how I got my job because I'm good at breaking cases down. Okay. This brother didn't commit this murder. And they knew he didn't do it. They offered him. They offered him a deal to testify against someone else. He wouldn't take it. Yo, he, why is our system like that though? Why? 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 Why is? Why this thing? This thing that we call justice is so. It's not. There's no such thing as like the, even the law. Like even when you know you hear a prosecutor can choose not to pursue a case, even if they know. 
even if they wear, hey, this this this, this crown come across your table, mm-hmm. and we we're not going to pursue this because we don't. You know what I'm saying? Like even it can stop right there. It can be no pursuing of this crime whatsoever. At, just by that one person saying, nah, that's not that's not justice. That's not what what kind of system is that? You know what I mean? I'm giving this this the, the, the brother Lester Lynch. I was just talking about. He, he has a detective Robert Ford was on his case. Mm-hmm. Robert Ford just did 12 years in federal prison. This dude was dudes were paying him to go to court. He'd come to your send your court and tell the judge, yeah, this guy helped me give me information on the murder case over here in Norfolk. Uh, he's a very vital uh, informant. We we need him. We need him out here. Judge was letting guys off with nothing. He finally got caught doing it. He wound up doing twelve years in the feds. That's crazy. He's the he's the head investigator on my guy's case. This guy was responsible for closing over two hundred murder cases. That's wild. The Norfolk four remember those guys. They they were they were accused of uh, raping and killing uh, uh, a female. They were they were four sailors. They all mm-hmm. pled guilty to having committed this crime, this this, this rape and murder young lady. Where they eventually they found the DNA was to her that was matched to another guy. He was a known rapist. Okay. He had he didn't have any association with these guys in any shape, form, or fashion. Jeez. He admitted that he did it by himself. They they were all that they finally all got out of prison. Mm-hmm. Um, Ford was the head investigator on the case. This guy had investigative tactics that were how any of his cases stand up in court right now today are a shock. It was that bad. I have several guys whose cases Ford's were on. These guys don't know each other. I bet up at different institutions. Mm-hmm. Almost to the letter, Ford did the same thing on every one of their cases. They were either charged, initial first question about someone. They wouldn't cooperate, so they said, okay, I'll tell you what. You won't cooperate, then we just throw you in here as a defendant. And guys are like, like you can't do that. Yeah. Yes, he can. Because Ford kept junkies on his team that he utilized against guys. Uh, one of the guys in, in Lester and uh, uh, Tyreek's case testified that the judge asked him, were you, was you under the influence? He actually told the judge that he was acting high on her and right there on the stand. The judge asked him if he wanted to go lay down in his chambers and get a glass of water mm-hmm. and then come back and testify. The guy said he pleaded the fifth. The judge said, you can't. He said, well, can I have a lawyer to plead the fifth? He's like, no, you can't. This all in transcripts. They still won't touch these cases. That's why. But why? Like, why? Like, what's... Because we have politics. We have people that play politics with people's lives. Politics are serious. That's great. Right now, right now, there are a lot of guys who are innocent. You have legally innocent and factually innocent. Legally innocent is you may have done it, but they don't have the evidence to prove it against you. Mm-hmm. Factually innocent is you just didn't do it. Yeah, yeah. We have guys who are sitting in our system who have been really ill-served by a system that's working just as it was designed to work. This system works perfectly. Because, oh, the system is broken. Where is it broken at? It works how it, for what it was designed to do. Exactly. So, I tell people, the first thing that we have to do as a people is stay the fuck out the system. Stop making these bad choices. Hmm. Man, they tricked me up. No, they didn't. We made bad choices. We got involved in something, mm-hmm. and we caught the ass into the stick. Yep. That's the reality. Mm-hmm. Then we have to start. We have to start magnifying guys in the community that never got in trouble. Yes, let's talk about the guy that made it out, mm-hmm. but let's talk about the guy that didn't go in the system to start with. What's cool and acceptable? It's like, not. Yeah, it's not, it's not entertaining though. So and we then, make it entertaining. We create our own entertainment streams. Mm-hmm. We be the. They say stuff like uh, alternative music, and they make it like a negative thing. Okay, mm-hmm. we make alternative cool. 
We tell our people, listen, you all keep complaining over and over and over that the news continue to portray us in this negative light. Mm -hmm. So we're going to give you a source of the news directly from our own mouths. And then we're going to have some accountability. Mm -hmm. If you're out here terrorizing our neighbors, we're going to talk about it. Yeah. If you're out here making sure that we're not safe in our own neighborhood, we're going to talk about it. Yeah. I get that, man. Um, yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that's deep, bro. That's like, uh, it's so, so layered. There's so many things that is running through my mind when, when you say all that. And, um, yeah, it's just sad, bro. Like, cause a lot, I think a lot of these dudes that do that, they lost. They don't even, they're not even aware. I'm, I'm pretty sure you can speak to that. That's something I, I want to talk to you about mm -hmm. is that you get to see, you had the opportunity for 22 years to be on the end of seeing someone dealing with their results of their, their actions. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And when it get real for them, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like, can you speak to like, like the, the, the psyche of dudes when they first transit, when they get, when you get jammed up and you come in and you get sentenced and now you, now you hear, like, you know what I mean? Cause I, I feel, I, I feel like that, you know, when you run in the streets and doing what you do and then when it get real, when you actually in, when you got to sit down for real, you, you're not the same. A lot of times they're not the same person they was when they was free. And people ask, how long does it take for it really to kick in? It really starts the moment they put the handcuffs on. Mm. You start having regrets from that moment right then. You know, like when people start applying for clemency and parole, they say they want you to be remorseful. You are remorseful from the moment you get caught. You wish you wouldn't have done it. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, you wish you wouldn't have done it from the moment you get caught. Are you, is it, do you wish you don't done it or you wish you didn't get caught? See, that, that is different. Yeah. You wish you wouldn't have got caught and you wish you wouldn't have done it. It's both. Mm. So first you play the blame game. Now they tripped me up, man. Somebody told on me, oh man, if I would if this would have happened, he would have did this, we would have never got caught. Mm -hmm. But when you sit down by yourself, and you have to deal with the fact, man, I did this right here and it got me in trouble. Mm -hmm. if you, and then you, you, you deal with the court system until you're scared. Because you don't know what you're going to get. Mm -hmm. But you have, to, you have to put this image on. You have to put this in, whatever. You, you have to put an image on. You can't be in an environment like that and you're emotionally uh, uh, vulnerable. You, you can't do it. Can you, can you still see it though? Like, I mean, when you... Hell act, yeah, you can see it. So you can tell when they, they putting on the front to try to act or play the part. The only one, the only one that does not put on the act are the guys that's really fucking crazy. Yeah, like yeah. these real live lunatics. Yeah, like yeah. these these motherfuckers need to be inside the system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You really you. have those kind of guys. Like yeah. these dudes, like really are. Oh, they don't really give a fuck. Like they don't care. Yeah. In there, out there, they don't care. But you have the most most guys that come into the system. They care. They just don't know how to get out of it. So you play the blame game for a while. It was everyone's fault but yours. Mm -hmm. Then you, but you when you're by yourself, you miss your mother. You miss your children. You miss your girl. You miss your clothes. You miss the ability to go eat what you want to eat in your house. Mm -hmm. You miss all these things. But you can't walk on up like your room and I missed it. You can't say that. Hmm. You have to put on this fake ass exterior and act as if whatever. Because if not, you might get preyed upon. Hmm. So you put on. So every uh, listen to watch what I just said. A lot of scared ass dudes that are heartbroken, acting tough. And if anyone else acts vulnerable, they get preyed upon. But everyone's in the same mental and emotional state except for the lunatics. So, eventually, someone comes along. Like I'm Because it, it differs from jail to jail, prison to prison. Mm -hmm. Someone comes along. This guy from the street is a certified tough guy. Mm -hmm. He really is that guy on the street. Mm -hmm. He do what he do. He comes in and he's like, bro, but I miss my girl, man. Now, dude, like, the fuck? Like, yeah, yeah. Stone Cold. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we just said, I miss my girl. So now it's like, shit, me too. Mm. See, that one guy right there came and made it cool to be vulnerable. Yeah, 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 for sure. Because they ain't considered being vulnerable, keeping it real. Like, yeah, I miss mine too, man. Yeah, yeah. We might have a, we might sit and have a whole discussion about how much we miss everything and everyone. Mm. But it took someone to come along to make it accept, socially acceptable. So we have programs like, like some of the guys that myself over the years, but we've been implementing programs in different places where we do things just like that. We're a call guy together, sitting around talking about nothing, but we have an aim. The aim is like to get guys to start talking about the thing that really bothered them. Mm-hmm. Because this is how you resolve issues in the housing unit. Yeah. You get guys that stuff off their mind. Mm-hmm. And we don't call it being vulnerable. We just call it keeping it real. Keeping it Let's real. open up a little bit. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But you have to do it in a very, you have to be very careful in the approach. Can't you, man, what's on your mind, man? Like, anything on your heart? You can't ask nobody no shit like that. Mm. You have to be very careful how you approach guys. Yes, yeah, that's, 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 it's almost, I mean, I, I, I understand it because um, I grew up, I never been to the system before, mm-hmm. but I grew up a, a lot of, around a lot of institutionalized people. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing that I did pick up from them. Some of that 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 same mm-hmm. that same logic, bro. Mm-hmm. Like it, and that shit is just sad though, man, because as I get older I start learning the value of just talking about shit. Like, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. if you was able to just talk about it, mm-hmm. like you could avoid so many pitfalls or mm-hmm. so many bad decisions if you're able to just Converse with somebody, right? Like you know, what I mean, just talk about what you're really going through and not hiding it. Because then, if you when you hide it, you go displace that. You go displace it somewhere else, right? You can go you get in the streets and do something wild because mm-hmm. you're running away from something. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean, you're running away from handling whatever issue. But if you had that person to just talk to you, you know, what I mean, right? Because dudes that I was 16, dudes I was around like 28, 30, 30 years old. So they, they but they've been in jail. All since teenagers, mm-hmm. and they would always pull me to the side and try to have these real conversations with me, mm-hmm. and I and I tap back into it and like, damn, I, I I appreciate them for that part mm-hmm. because they was like, yo, make sure you okay, like you know what right, I mean, right, like right, right. don't be scared to say if you if you scared, say you scared, it's all right. Don't it don't make you soft to say you scared, like you know what I mean, that was something they always like, listen, bro, if you scared or you whatever the case is, don't be don't be pussy about your emotions, like you know what I mean, they they frame them to me like, yo, you soft by even expressing yourself. Unorthodox Haven Unorthodox Haven Podcast. Unorthodox Haven Podcast.